This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. I'm Lenny Jarrett, Director of the Center for Transforming Education at the Heartland Institute and host of today's edition of the Daily Podcast. Today's guest is Jeremy Tate, CEO and President of the Classic Learning Test, otherwise known as CLT, and Keith Nix, Head of the Veritas School in Richmond, Virginia, and CLT board member. Welcome, Jeremy and Keith. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. So, Lenny, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm glad you're able to come on. So, Jeremy, can you share with our listeners actually what the CLT is and how it kind of differs from the SAT and ACT? Yeah, Lenny, absolutely. So CLT is about four years old, and we are an alternative to the SAT and ACT uh, and the reason there was a need for an alternative in 2014, 2015, both the SAT and the ACT aligned with the Common Core Standards. Uh, and there was a wide swath uh, of students and parents, uh, ranging from even public schools, charter schools, home schools, private schools, Christian schools, Catholic schools, who said, no, 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 we did not sign on to Common Core. Uh, we're not going to be evaluated by uh, a test that's Common Core aligned. Uh, where is our option? So CLT launched to fill that void. Uh, CLT, in terms of the test itself, especially on the math side, is much more reflective of what you would have seen on the SAT uh, in the early 90s uh, in terms of the verbal and the grammar. Uh, we're using beautiful, wonderful, uh, meaningful, timeless uh, source material uh, rather than uh, the politically correct stuff that you're going to see on the SAT or ACT. And I think what that does is it makes the CLT a test that's actually interesting for students to take. Uh, and that's the feedback we've gotten. So now we're about four years in, uh, up to over 170 colleges. We've been endorsed by uh, Hillsdale's and others as their preferred test. Um, and last year we had over 21,000 students test with us, which was exciting. Well, wow, that's really good. So your numbers are definitely growing. And um, I know SAT and ACT have kind of gone all online. Are you guys online as well or still pencil, paper-based? or how, yeah, how exactly actually... We actually launched online, and we were kind of the first to, to market to be online. And ACT has since caught up a little bit, but at, at the moment, uh, that is CLT's bread and butter is online with same-day results. The SAT in particular is mostly taken still on paper, even though the ACT is beginning to offer uh, some different options. But, yeah, same-day results. Uh, it's a two-hour test instead of a four-hour test. And I think it's one of the aspects. You know, College Board, who owns the SAT and ACT as well, um, as, as a separate company, they've set the bar very low uh, in terms of student experience. Uh, kids are just bored with these with these tests, uh, and I think that's where where CLT has really uh, grown with uh, students and parents who just want something better. Cool. I I know you have a different scoring scale than SAT and ACT. What is your scoring scale, and have you had anybody achieve a perfect score yet? Yeah, not yet. So the top possible score on a CLT is 120. The highest score to date is actually a 119. So the students have gotten close. (laughs) So one of uh, the many problems that CLT solves is the problem of test score inflation. 
Uh, and so, you know, when I, when I graduated from, from high school in 2000, only a dozen or so students per year were getting a perfect 1600 or a 36 uh, on the ACT. Uh, but over time, the way that SAT and ACT have tried to compete against each other is by making their tests just a little bit easier and therefore uh, an easier way to access scholarship dollars. Uh, and what this has done is it means that we're dumbing down the standards over time. Uh, and it also means that a 1580 doesn't doesn't mean what it used to if you're trying to get into you know Princeton or MIT. Um, so CLT has kind of set the re- reset button. Uh, it's a harder test, uh, but because of that, students uh, you know 170 colleges have adopted it, but students more and more use it as a supplemental uh, to apply directly to those more uh, elite institutions as well. Got it. So yeah, I, as I know, the yeah, the super scoring and the uh, inflation of test scores, I think it's made to meet yeah, give more people access to more money, but also just to make them feel good about themselves when it really doesn't tell the colleges really anything. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely feel good assessments, and, and SAT needs to be at the end of the day. These are just companies that sell tests, uh, and I think that they've lived behind this smoke screen where you know we were launching CLT and kind of telling people about the idea. People would say, wait a minute, you, you can't do that. You know, SAT has been around forever. Um, the reality is that this is a company uh, that, you know, it's technically a nonprofit, uh, but, it, but it exists by selling tests. And, um, and in, a, in a free market system, you know, we're happy that we can come in and provide a better option and compete with them toe-to-toe. Yep, that's a great thing. Right, so you're really testing their, profici- their proficiency and knowledge because it's harder. Yeah, absolutely. And instead of putting them in front of, you know, a meaningless passage about, you know, text messaging trends or, you know, the history of mustard or some of the, the more <laughs> bizarre random passages. And part of what's happening with the SAT and ACT, and this is where it gets really interesting, is, you know, these tests go through what's called a, a sensitivity committee, where any passage that could be offensive to any student uh, is therefore removed. And uh, when you think about what could potentially offend someone, pretty much anything could offend somebody. Uh, so what they end up doing is they remove any passage that's really worthy uh, of a student's time and attention. Uh, you know, it goes without saying that they remove every uh, Christian source or even theistic source. You know, you're not going to read on, on uh, the SAT or ACT anything from, uh, you know, the Christian intellectual tradition. That has all been uh, scrubbed out. Uh, and instead, you know, students at the, the height of their you know, academic formation have to take this high-stakes test uh, about kind of nothing at all. And it's not testing their ability to interact with uh, the best uh, of what has been thought and said, as, as the English poet Matthew Arnold put it, which is what CLT wants to do. Can students read and understand Alexander Hamilton? Can they read Jefferson? Can they read Ben Franklin, Plato, Locke, Flannery O'Connor? Um, that is, these are the kinds of authors uh, that we're putting students in front of. Got it. So you're, you're kind of doing that whole classically liberal liberal arts that actually have kids that can actually think rather than whether you can make sure they're not sensitive to each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> very well said. Keith, how did you get involved with the classic learning test or CLT? <clears throat> Originally, uh, I think I heard about the CLT just as a number of schools in our network or association uh, began talking about it. Uh, maybe posting about it in social media, and uh, I didn't give it. I didn't pay a lot of attention. Pay a lot of attention to it in the beginning. Uh, wasn't in a position with our school and size and where we were to uh, 
as much as a, a pioneer, I feel like we have been over the years. Uh, this this was one of the things I just didn't feel like we had the capacity or interest in 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 researching and pioneering. But uh, I was I was pretty uh, pretty astounded at how quickly it started spreading, and more and more of my friends said, "You need to take a look at this." And finally, a couple of them called me on the phone and said, have, have you taken a look? And you need to. We think this can be a game changer. So uh, so based on that, I jumped in. I, I dove in just really quickly, took it to my academic leadership team, and, uh, and uh, did enough work to get excited about it. And I, I just told Jeremy, um, I, I think this can be helpful in the advancement of classical Christian education and just edu and, and just good education period. Uh, and I've been dissatisfied for long enough with SAT and, and SAT, SAT and ACT that I said, you know, how can I help? Um, so he came and visited Veritas and took a look around and there was a mutual connection. I was really impressed with his passion, his vision and his leadership. And at that point he asked me to come on the board of academic advisors. Um, and after a few months on the board of academic advisors, he asked me to be the president, president of that board, uh, really to help, to help as uh, advocates. I mean, the board, uh, the board has input in terms of the author bank and, and, and other areas of advising on the test. Uh, but largely the board is asked to lend their good name uh, to the, to the test, to, to give it some credibility. And so, um, I was very excited to do that and organize the, uh, be helpful in organizing the board to, to do better at that. Cool. So that sounds, sounds good. Yeah. When I first started hearing about the test, same thing, I started promoting them on social media and stuff as well myself as an alternative to the SAT and ACT. And well, besides the CLT that, which kind of tests college readiness, they also have the CLT-8 and CLT-10. Can you share a little bit more about what those tests are and, and kind of what, they're in, what, what their purpose is? Yes, I can. Um, and, and part of the thing, part of the, part of the well, what I had to even help my under, understand my parents understand is, okay, the CLT is a college readiness test, but since we for the time being, since we're still going to have to take the SAT or ACT, you know, why another test? Um, and I had, I, you know, I had to communicate to my parents that it is a college readiness test, but in the meantime, it's so much more. It's actually a really good assessment of how we're doing and what we are claiming to be doing. So while the college momentum grows, in the meantime, it's going to get give us uh, uh, some good feedback on what we're doing. And as more and more schools take it, we're going to get some comparative analytics. So those were the three parts that, that were really meaningful to me with uh, the college piece, knowing that that's going to be coming in time. That was kind of a number three for me compared to the other two, which brings me to the purpose of the other two tests. When I saw, uh, when I saw, the, CLT, when I saw the results of the CLT and how consistent and aligned they were with us, then uh, I said, this is a good tool beyond college readiness. What else do we have? Uh, so we, we quickly, after year one, doing the CLT with our juniors, uh, added the CLT 10 um, as well. And it's a no-brainer because it's actually a free test. Um, and, our, and, and so to, to, 
to, to replace the PSAT with the CLT 10 made sense. And so what we've done is with our juniors, we all take, and sophomores and juniors, we've kind of replaced the PSAT with the CLT 10. Uh, we still allow our students to take the PSAT, obviously. We offer it to them, um, but we prioritize the CLT-10, especially for sophomores. For juniors, there's really no benefit to taking the PSAT as a junior unless you're in the national merit kind of category. Right. Uh, and so we de we really de-emphasize the PSAT for juniors. Um, so, so the CLT-10 has actually become um, a really neat and important piece for us because it's allowed us to de-emphasize the PSAT. Um, our next step is the CLT-8 because what we're looking at, we, we use the CTP-4 uh, published by ERB for our standardized through ninth grade. And, um, and it's a good test of the standardized test out there. It's the best one we've come across. It's what most of the classical Christian schools use. But it begins to be less effective in in those higher grades as our as our unique curriculum really starts to to take shape and not be as aligned even with that standardized test. And so we're excited about uh, the CLT uh, uh, eight for our seventh and eighth graders. So really uh, reducing the reducing the the use of the ctp4 by erb which i'm a fan i mean we like that test we don't love standardized test period but if period but if we if there is one to like um we do i want to be very clear that we're respectful and appreciative of the ctp4 as compared to anything else that's out there but it just ceased to be a great fit for us starting in seventh eighth and ninth grade so this suite of tests the clt8 10 and, CL, and then the regular CLT, beyond college readiness, just provide us a good assessment against how we're doing and what we care about uh, in terms of our own curriculum and, and pedagogy. It's just more aligned. Got it, got it. So uh, this year you just released your top 25 school rankings. Can you tell us more about how, how did you rank the schools, uh, kind of a little bit of uh, – talking about those, some of those schools. Yeah. So Mars Hill Academy in uh, Mason, Ohio was, was number one, uh, which was no surprise. The head of school there, Matt Beattie is a, is a friend and what they're, what they're doing there is, is really incredible. And so, you know, I think we're, we're looking at these schools that uh, understand education in a more traditional sense uh, as this, this passing down uh, of this rich uh, intellectual inheritance to the next generation um, and we're looking at the main way even secondary schools get ranked right now or rated. Uh, U.S. News and World Report probably being the biggest uh, player that ranks uh, schools, especially on the college side, which is where most people um, are familiar with U.S. News and World Report rankings. Um, but they're not considering, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're not actually measuring quality. To measure quality, to get a decent sense, CLT is trying to come in and say, can your students read and understand meaningful texts that have stood the test of time. And so we were using median uh, CLT scores as the criteria to rank schools. Uh, and that was it. You know, we had uh, some metrics in terms of what did, you know, the minimum number of students. We didn't want a school with, you know, 10 students being uh, eligible for the rankings because um, that, that would be give, give a smaller school an unfair advantage. And so we have, we had some criteria uh, that would make us uh, a school qualify for consideration. Uh, and we had over 500 schools qualify 
And so that list that uh, we put out publicly in the top 25 is really, really are outstanding uh, schools. And, and I wasn't surprised at all to see Veritas uh, Keith School on the list. It's an incredible school. Uh, in fact, if you're ever down in the Richmond area, uh, just getting on campus uh, and seeing what they're doing, it, it is such a, bre- uh, a breath of fresh air uh, to see how Veritas is so missionally focused. And, and their work, uh, the fruit of their work is seen in the lives of their students. You know, these, these are amazing young men and women that are coming out of these, uh, a lot of these classical schools. And uh, I think that that, that makes it a, a case by itself. Cool. Yeah, I got to get down there because I actually grew up in Southern Virginia, so I'm very familiar with the Richmond area, and I'm hoping oh, nice. to I'm hoping to get to Virginia again next year, and actually be able to. I have to make a make a point of stopping by Veritas, and I know this year CLT put out their rankings, and I saw Veritas came in ranked at number fourteen. It, can you share a little bit more about? <laughs> I know we've talked a little bit about your school, but can you share a little bit more about Veritas and kind of? What's your philosophy? How do how do you go about teaching, and why do you think you ended up ranked in the top fifteen schools in the country? It took the CLT. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I will, um, without sounding too self promoting, uh, I, I was really happy with that score. Um, uh, but of the thirteen schools that were ahead of us. Um, a lot of those were online schools, which, you know, actually isn't a fair comparison because it's very unlikely that the online schools are requiring every student enrolled in their program to, to take the test. So when you compare our school against other schools where every student took the test, you know, every, uh, every junior took the test, um, then, I, then, our, then our ranking was really high. And the year before in the CLT 10, we'd gotten number one. Uh, so I, I, I was thrilled about that. Um, nervous a little bit going into it, not knowing how we would do, uh, even though we, we, have, we have reason to be very confident in our academic product, you know, the, the great books curriculum that we have, um, the class sizes, the quality, the quality of the faculty that is really delivering an education that is about ideas and about cultivating affections, ordering loves, and uh, inviting students to love the things and pursue the things that are true, beautiful, and good versus being stuck in a, in a mode of education that's um, just, you know, cram, test, forget model. Right. Uh, Jamie Smith says, what if, educate, what if education were more about what we love than what we know? And that's been our philosophy. And to have, to create a culture on your campus that is teacher with teachers leading students around a table or in the classroom uh, toward the, the discussion of ideas around great content, um, uh, meaningful literature, uh, ideas related to truth, beauty, goodness, or virtue formation. To have a test that encourages and is aligned with that has just been, been really, it's been really fun to see that that actually bears itself out in the test. Cool. That's good. So I noticed you also in the rankings have some actually online schools. Actually, it was a five of them out of the top 25. That's pretty, yeah. pretty good percentage there. Uh, how, uh, which kind of, you know, I, can you talk a little bit about the online schools and why they came to you a little bit? I know we talked about that a little bit before, but how are they able to rank as well? Yeah, you know, our, a lot of our, our dear friends at the brick-and-mortar schools were not happy that we included the online schools <laughs> as part of the, the rankings. And so we, we may not. It, it is a different context. And so 
but a lot of these, these online schools, uh, you know, and, and some of them, they do meet together once a week. And so it's actually pretty hard to draw a line somewhere. Right. Um, but they're pretty, they're pretty uh, consistent in terms of, of curriculum, sometimes even more so than a brick and mortar. And so groups like Mother Divine Grace, uh, Laura Burquest, whose husband founded uh, Thomas Aquinas College in California, uh, she's on our board. She's the founder of Mother Divine Grace. They've got six, 7,000 students across the nation. Uh, and we're able to tell, from a, again, from a data perspective, that students uh, who are part of Mother Divine Grace are doing really, really well academically. And so it's one of the reasons we wanted to include uh, those schools was to kind of give a shout out to uh, the fruitfulness of what they're doing. But I'm thinking next year it may be uh, a separate category. Got it. Okay. Um, I, uh, one thing I know uh, uh, the with ESSA, they are allowing states now to use different tests. Uh, so some states have switched now to using the SAT or the ACT as their test coming up in 11th grade. Have you guys made any inroads about getting into the public schools with your test? Or how is, how, I know, I, I, how is that, have you focused on anything of reaching into the public schools yet? Yeah, it's a really interesting question to bring up. And, uh, and you know, sometimes internally at CLT, we, we joke around a bit that SAT and ACT have, have not been uh, embraced by the free market. And so what they've done instead is a strategic move is they work with lobbyists and they work with, you know, state legislative bodies to pass legislation that requires every public school student uh, to take a test, to take their, their test as a graduation requirement. Um, and so that is a very uh, top-down approach uh, to require people to take it, whether they want to or not, whether it would be a test of their choice or not. CLT is a bottom-up approach. And so I think, you know, CLT is part of a larger grassroots kind of a movement uh, that has looked at what the, the mainstream educational establishment uh, is doing, uh, is seeing that it's often sterile, uh, meaningless sometimes for many students, uh, and trying to, to draw from, and you look at even the way the founding fathers were educated, you know, can, can the typical public school give that kind of an education that you see, you know, in the writings of Abigail Adams or John Adams or Jefferson, you know, probably not. And so they were doing something really right, uh, you know, 250 years ago that has since been lost. And I think this education renewal movement is trying to recover the very, the very best of that. So how, if somebody wants to get in touch with you about learning more about Veritas themselves or wants to visit Veritas, how would, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, we, we, we love that. Um, I mean, obviously the online platforms, Veritas uh, School Richmond, uh, one word in terms of if you do Veritas School Richmond on Instagram, you'll find us. Veritas School Dash Richmond for Facebook. Those are our main two social media um, platforms, uh, but we host a lot of visitors. One of the things God has really uh, uh, blessed, um, uh, God's really blessed us. We have a beautiful campus. It's easy for us to host visitors for to come sit for a day, uh, watch, watch what happens here. Uh, we're really encouraged to do that with individuals or, or other schools. Uh, and so uh, if you finding our website at VeritasSchool.com, just one word, VeritasSchool.com, uh, there's a, a general info uh, tab and a place that you can uh, request information. But there's also the phone number, and it is fine for people to call the main line 
and tell them you're interested in learning more about Veritas and asking for me or for uh, Gretchen Gregory, who's uh, in admissions and enrollment, but uh, uh, plays plays a major role in hosting hosting people on our campus. Cool. I, we've had a, a you know wide ranging discussion already a little bit this morning. But what is there anything else that I haven't asked that you would like our listeners to actually know about uh, the CLT or about what you do further than what we've already talked about? Well, I would say for your listeners, uh, what I'm inviting everyone to do is just to look at the test um, uh, or even take the sample test or a portion of it. Uh, it's it's in, it's intimidating. I, I took a sample uh, portion of the test, and um, it was intimidating in a way that was really kind of one of those things you do that you, is so challenging. Um, you're motivated by taking the test or part of the test, but I think if you really understand what's not on the SAT and ACT anymore, and you get a sense of the test, you look at the test uh, and realize that this is a more challenging test. It's a better test. Um, it, it has some of, you know, it requires mathematical thinking and analogies and logic. You get to read dense, great text and demonstrate an ability to understand them. Um, I think if, if people actually take a look at it, uh, that's what I'm inviting people to do because I think it speaks for itself. And what happens is if more and more, uh, if more and more people take the test and adopt it, uh, it's a, it's just a, it's a chicken and egg thing. Uh, we, the colleges are going to have to continue to pay more and more attention to it. Um, I'm having college presidents and college admissions people saying, how can we be more attractive to classical Christian school, schools and, and students coming from your school? And I say one of the things you can do is adopt the SLT, and, I mean CLT, and communicate that you value what we do. Um, and so good pressure will be applied the more and more of us that adopt it, uh, not just offering it to our students, but whole school adoption. Uh, uh, it's worth it to invest in as a school. And so that's what I'm encouraging people to do, because then then our influence and our voice is louder and more schools will adopt and you get a cycle that uh, feeds itself. Um, so that's where I'm really spending my time and energy is helping helping the K to 12 schools see the value in adoption. Cool. All right. Thank you. Yeah, and I know we've covered a bunch of stuff today, but is there anything that I haven't asked that you would actually like uh, to tell our listeners? Yeah, you know, uh, CLT. We're at 172 colleges. Uh, you know, it is our our 10 year goal, uh, which you know sometimes sounds a bit crazy. Our 10 year goal really is to be number one. We feel like we can beat. Uh, SAT and ACT in terms of, of content, uh, of vision for education, uh, especially user experience. Uh, and the main way colleges adopt is when they hear from parents. You know, it's not when they hear from us, you know, as the, uh, as the company. It's when parents say, um, do you accept CLT? If not, why not? Uh, most colleges would pride themselves on academic rigor. Uh, for those remaining colleges that haven't adopted CLT, I think they've got to kind of def defend that. And, uh, and that's what we're, uh, we're, we're eager to hear, hear about those conversations. <laughs> that's good. So if, our, if parents out there are, are listening, how can they get the information from you to um, just give to their uh, college for their child that's coming and, and be able to talk about that more? Where can they learn more about you for that? Yeah, the first place to start and to get a good sense of what we're doing would be cltexam.com. Uh, and if you go there, create a, uh, an account, which just takes a couple seconds. 
uh, you can start taking practice tests, get a really good flavor. Uh, and I think for a lot of parents, they, they either say, wow, this is way more reflective uh, of the academic formation, you know, my, my son or daughter had, or this is more reflective of the kind of academic for, formation we wish that they had. And so I think with that, you know, CLT has, has become a, a new standard as, as part of this growing, you know, you've got this classical renewal movement growing in the homeschool and charter and Catholic and Christian world and even public schools kind of embracing more uh, of these timeless works. And, uh, and CLT, I think, has become become reflective of that, and, and uh, we're excited to be a part of the movement. Cool. I, I'm sure glad you came out because I was always looking at alternatives to SAT and ACT. Thankfully, both of my children were went heading to college right before they align, every the SAT and ACT aligned with with Common Core. So I was actually grateful mm. for that. My my youngest was the last year before it was aligned, so which was really nice. So, but Jeremy Keith, yeah, I am glad you were able to join me today, and I want to thank you on behalf of the Heartland Institute and our listeners. Thanks, Lenny, for having me. Oh, you're welcome. We hope I hope I can have you on again sometime, listeners. We love that, listeners. Thank you for joining us today as well. Please check Heartland's website, heartland.org, as we continue to track education testing issues across the country. Make sure to go to our PolicyBot website your one-stop shop for free market solutions to public policy problems. And if you're hearing one of these podcasts for the first time, make a point to subscribe to our daily podcast. And thank you so much for joining us and make sure to have a great day. Are you interested in helping the freedom movement? Are you interested in helping the Heartland Institute? Then consider selecting the Heartland Institute as your Amazon Smile charity of choice. Amazon's charity will donate one half of 1% of your purchases to the Heartland Institute without any additional cost to you. And believe us, every little bit counts. Visit smile.amazon.com and type in the Heartland Institute to get started today.